0: This one smells like my butthole, yeah.
1: Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender (laughs) reveal. Indecent. Bunch of
2: lunatics with morbid senses of humor.
1: Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. (laughs) Somebody will blow that sh up. Shameless. I let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those lust for love type of situations. Impolite. People always sh fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My fingers always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. (laughs) And beyond the pale.
2: What you wearing down on your toes?
1: before you guys get into all your shit we gotta take care of business first things first we have a new patreon supporter guys fuck yeah hell yeah tonight baby dwayne dwayne just joined our patreon as a dignified scholarly courtesan that's the ten dollar
2: level yeah dwayne the rock johnson no
1: i don't think dwayne the rock johnson but this guy's even better than dwayne the rock johnson bro
3: Dwayne the Dignified Scholarly Courtesan. As far as
1: I know, The Rock doesn't support us on Patreon, so this is our rock. You're
3: our rock, Dwayne. (laughs) So I got a story. I know Carlos is going to try to shoot it down because it's about finance, but it's probably... (laughs) So, So the world of corporate finance just got its first great and decorous story of the year, and I'm sure some people know about this, but are you guys familiar with the story GameStop?
1: Yeah, the, where you buy and sell games.
3: So a very outdated business model located in dying malls, competing now with digital downloads. So they're pretty much going to be slowly going out of business no matter what they do. So one would think that this is a shitty stock to buy, right? One would think that this is something that you would never make any money on. But here's the thing. One would be fucking wrong because right now the stock is trading at 45 times earnings and most retail stocks are trading around five times earnings. Ask me why this is. Why so, Why is this? It all goes back to autistic motherfuckers on Reddit. So, uh, of
1: course it does. This is like the best of all worlds for you. Autistic people and algorithmic trading. And is there going to be some Chimo involved it, with this too?
3: Possibly <laughs> it, so, Carlos. It, so,
2: it's so, the best so, of all worlds, Carlos. So, all. Yes. <laughs> so
3: basically what happened, some autistic nut job on Reddit figured out that the stock is being shorted by more institutional investors than any other stock on the New York Stock Exchange. So that's how shitty this company is and how much people think this thing is gonna just tank. So they figured out that they had more short positions than there were actually available shares of stock. So what that translates to is all of the short positions you can possibly take to drive the price down have already been spent, and no one can actually drive it down any further than it is currently. So what this means is if 100 people got together and said, hey, let's buy this thing, they could actually drive the price way the fuck up with no resistance. And then to make it even sweeter, all the people that have short positions, if it goes up, they actually lose money. And they're eventually going to exit their trades by placing a buy order on the back end, which drives the price up even fucking further. So (laughs) what happened was, this is the first time in probably history this has happened, where the little guy fucked the big banks and the big hedge funds to the tune of $3 billion in the last two days. All the f- people that have short positions are getting just annihilated and the people following the Reddit Wall Street Bet sub are getting fucking filthy rich. I saw people posting they paid off their student loans or buying fucking Teslas.
2: That's pretty cool actually. That's-
1: yeah, that's great that they were able I mean it's pretty amazing that they were able to influence a stock that hardcore. Yeah, dude. Well, I got all my money tied up in wheat and grain. In <laughs> what? <laughs> wheat and grain.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I can't really. Otherwise, I would get in on all this uh, GameStop stuff. But uh, wheat and grain,
3: yeah, a commodity, a <laughs> a commodity trader. I see. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh,
2: I'm, I'm fully vested in uh, pork bellies.
3: Turnips all the way. Turnips all the way. <laughs>
2: I mean, is there any reason we shouldn't be in, investing the, the Patreon money?
1: Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> might as well do that. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Fucking, what is, yeah, that's where, that's where all our fucking money on Patreon is going to, is fucking GameStop now. Yeah, let it
3: ride, Ian.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, where's Blockbuster now? So we'll fucking put all that shit on there. Hey Martin <laughs> Blockbuster, yeah, get those. Hollywood those video.
3: And the funniest part about this is, like, GameStop is notoriously just a shitty company that everyone thinks is going to fail. And here we're going to probably make the second or third richest guy in the world the fucking CEO of this failing company, (laughs) just as a goof, (laughs) just as a fuck you to Wall Street.
1: All I'm hearing is that we need to take the podcast public.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I got a question for you, Carlos. So um, you put something out there a couple weeks ago that we haven't talked about on the pod and I thought it was pretty interesting. So, you know, getting back to 9-11, you, you somehow... This is something I posted 19 years ago? No, dude, like a couple of weeks ago.
4: Oh, okay.
1: So then you said 9-11. I was like,
3: all right. You broke out some 9-11. Well, I'm always on the cutting edge of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> what was crazy to me is like, you actually combed through what appeared to be like tens of thousands of fucking text messages from some WikiLeaks hack or some shit. Yeah. On 9 11, and then you found a gym, a diamond in the rough, if you will. So tell us, like, how did you find this, and what the fuck is it? And I know exactly what you're your talking about. Like.
1: And here's the thing is like on Sundays, there's a thing I've been doing for a while now where I try to post on my social media, like Facebook and Twitter, at least once every day. But then about a couple of years ago, I decided, you know what, Sunday is just going to be my throwback. On Sunday, I'm going to post an old post, right? From like 10 years ago. So, out
2: of respect for the Lord. But, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank
3: you. Because the
1: Sabbath or whatever.
3: Yes. More like out of respect for Bobby because you didn't want to call it throwback Thursday. But yeah. <laughs> I, all right. I don't even get
1: that reference.
3: <laughs> the alliteration that he hates. so. Oh, very-
1: that's right. That, thank you. Thank you. See, <laughs> the, your comedy is always above my head going, I'm too dumb. <laughs> anyway, point is, on Sundays, I always post. On, so if you ever see me post on Facebook or Twitter on Sunday... Odds are one of the posts will be from 10 years ago. So that one was from WikiLeaks a few years after 9-11 posted. It was just like a log of every... These weren't text messages. These were like pager because back then pagers were still a thing. Oh, yeah. So there was a log of every page that was sent on September 11, 2001 and most of it is just almost unreadable. Like, And then eventually when you get close to when the attacks happen, it'll be like emergency in downtown New York City or stay away from uh, the financial district, like shit like that. Like very, very official type shit. But then there was one, and I don't know how I found, because I was just looking through these things. I was just reading through them. And I, there's just one guy that posted his page was... And I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but you can look it up on my Facebook. It's like, man, shit be crazy down here, but there're mad bitches all over the place. <laughs> and that that was his message at 10 in the morning on september 11th 2001
2: never let a good tragedy go to waste exactly
1: dude this way i
2: was like man it's crazy
1: out here but man bitches all over the place yeah <laughs> i posted that yeah like 10 years ago and so followed I just, up
2: with uh Boobs spelled out in numbers. Yeah, yeah. Eight zero zero
1: eight. Yeah. So like that. I, I don't know. And actually, it was just I'm lucky that I even because because these fucking logs are just there's pages and pages and pages of them. So I just lucked out that while I was cruising or just browsing around them, I found that one and I posted the link because somebody asked me on the comments I was like, what What the fuck? Where did you Where did you see this? And I'm like, that's right here, dude. And the the logs are still up. You can look it up right now. If you go to my Facebook page, you'll find a direct link to it. But yeah, some dude that was the ma- that was his main take out of the <laughs> terrorist attack of 9/11 is that there was mad bitches all over the place.
3: Dude, and you said this is like the all-time most optimistic guy in the world, right? Oh, absolutely, man. He sees man. the hot silver yeah. lining. Dude, I'm telling you.
1: This is going to change the world, but at least at this moment in time right now, mad bitches
2: Dude, how many people, though, after that were totally trying to capitalize on that? You know, like, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this, baby. But, you know, who knows if we're going to see tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, that's right, dude.
1: Yeah. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's crazy out there, yo.
2: Yeah, I know things are moving a little fast, but, you know. <laughs> so is the world, you know. We don't want to get left behind.
1: <laughs> you know what's going to happen tomorrow, baby. Welcome to episode 73 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 23 of season 2. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensively distinguished educational comedy show, either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. To my west here, we have Bobby
3: D. Yo. And to the east, we have Ian. And I will follow Bobby with the much improved yo-yo. There we go. Today, we'll be answering
1: listener questions, talking about Indecorous News. We'll be diving deep into Indecorous History of Robert Mercer, and we'll close it all out with Indecorous State Laws New Jersey Edition this week. Ooh. But before we get into any of that, let's welcome our guest today, Jordan Scott Huggins, everybody. Jordan, how you doing, buddy?
0: Hello. I'm good. good I'm looking. well. How are okay. you guys doing?
1: Good, man. You know, no COVID or anything?
0: No COVID. Um, You
1: were like in the epicenter of shit when this shit broke out. Or did you, were you able to get out of New York City before it got bad or were you in the middle of it?
0: We were like always not in it. It was kind of crazy, but um, you know, like the whole country shut down like the second, you know, second or third week of March. And Uh we were actually on vacation in Charlotte, my fiance and I. We came back and did a party weekend in Charlotte. And it was like the 12th through the 14th. And I know it so well because we never went back to New York. Um, we <laughs> you, stayed you
1: haven't in been back since then? Do what? You haven't been back to New York since then?
0: We moved, We went back in June to move out of our apartment. But we never went back other than that. We went back for like a week. And man, it was like the funnest and most sad week. New York is uh, like... I assume it's okay to cuss on this podcast. Yes. No, yeah, you're no, pu- please don't. Well, no,
1: you right. have to. naughty if words you are frowned upon. If you don't curse, you get kicked off the podcast. Yeah, <laughs>
0: There's a real uh, hung jury here. I don't. I, uh, <laughs> New York is a real uh, uh, crazy town right now. I mean, it's not. Going
1: oh, to work. I didn't know you were going to say crazy. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I was you could say about. language to an
4: extent. Mental Jordan. health month. We we celebrate mental <laughs> health <month> here. <laughs>
0: um. Uh, it's a, it's a real woozy of a city right now. Nobody's going to work. <laughs> Everybody's selling to go drinks. No restaurants are open. You have to eat outside. People are just going to the park and getting hammered every day. All <laughs> 8 million people are just on the streets buying to go drinks. It's actually a whole lot of fun. Uh, but it's pretty bitterly cold there now. So we came back to Charlotte in March and then never went back. And now I live in Raleigh and I've been here since July and I'm back for good.
1: That's cool, bro. So, like, basically, nice. you had already made up your mind when when all this shit went down, or was it, like, a process where you're, like, on the fence for a while, and then you're like, fuck it. Let's it was definitely a
0: process. I feel like I went through all the stages of grief and breaking alcoholism, like, there was a mm-hmm. bit of denial and then eventually acceptance and all this stuff. I think Cuomo announced that everything was shut down for six months. And this was God, March, April, April, May. And our lease was up in a month. And so in May, he was like, yeah, the city shut down for at least six months. And then I was like, we look, just looked at each other and we we're like, oh, we have to leave. We have to move out and right. figure this out. And like that was super sad because I didn't want to leave. But yeah. yeah.
1: Well, you're not the only one. I mean, but anyway. We like to start out the show with, with depressing
2: stories of <laughs> COVID? <No. laughs>
1: Bobby, I'm trying to start this show.
2: Oh, okay. I said depressing. Yeah, yeah
0: Bobbert, come on, man.
1: <laughs> We'd like to open the show with questions sent from our millions of listeners around the world. We accept all questions sent to us, but we rarely have an answer for any of them. Question number one is always, where do I send questions? And that <laughs> is to indecorouscomedy at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on our social media, Facebook, Instagram at Indecorous Comedy, Twitter at Indecorous Pod, Patreon at Indecorous Comedy. And uh, Bobby, how do you spell Indecorous?
2: That's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S.
1: Very good. So this first question comes from Art, and these questions are open for everybody to answer. He says, how long does this planet have left? Ten years or a hundred million years? Those are the two options he gave. But I mean, I assume we can go anywhere in between.
0: It was 10 or 100 million? Yeah.
1: Those are the two options he presented. But I imagine we can deviate from that a little bit. I think that's a good margin to work with 10 to 100 million.
0: <laughs>
1: I think you should hold yourself to those two numbers. Either 10 or 100 million? One or the other. Yeah, I, I guess so.
2: I kind of have to agree with Carlin on this one. The planet is fine, the people right. are fucked. Right. That's, I also
1: thought about that when I saw the question. It's like, yeah, the planet's going to be here for however millions of years. It's whether human beings are still going to be here. Is
0: yeah, it's going to have a bunch of holes in it. And... <laughs> you think we'll be on another planet by that time?
1: That's a good question. By the time that what, that the Earth runs out of resources or something?
0: Yeah, I mean, 100 million years. I'm, I mean, like, we may see somebody on Mars in the next 20 years, right? And that falls within 10 to 100 million. So,
1: yeah, that's true. I guess maybe the, this question is going to eventually just be made irrelevant because we're just going to be like, all right, we just spent the Earth. We're just going to go to Mars and fucking spend that one.
0: Just wipe our hands
2: of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're really going to have to bring the cost of that trip down by a few hundred million dollars, though. You know, <laughs> yeah,
3: that's going to be a <laughs> yeah.
1: problem for a minute there.
3: Yeah. We won't have to worry about illegal immigration, right? I mean,. You know, that's one less thing to worry about. Yeah, Ooh, I, I
2: one have one I have thought about this before. They're going to need infrastructure and stuff. I mean, it's going to be hard getting a lot of contractors on Mars. You know.
1: <laughs> well, according to that Israeli space force guy that we talked about on the bonus episode, now available on Patreon, he says that we already have a base underground in Mars. So if okay. We were able, if we were able to do that, then the we should be able to figure out how to do. There's you like
0: know. people stationed there.
1: Yeah, there's apparently we've been contacted by aliens for a while, and uh, we actually have a intergalactic space station in Mars. It's underground. So I guess that's why we can't see it with telescopes. It's a
2: secret. So, so we have like a, a pen pal type relationship with these aliens? <laughs> <laughs> apparently they, they don't want us to join the
1: Galactic Federation yet because we're not ready. They think we're not aliens. ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the whole thing, like, again, we talked about it on that episode, but the one part that that was the least believable to me of the whole story is that this guy, he used to be a general that was in charge of the Israeli, whatever their equivalent is to the Space Force. And he says, the United States knows about this, but they, they were able to convince Donald Trump to not say anything about it. And that's the part that I just don't believe. There's no fucking way they were able to talk sense into Donald Trump and being like, hey, man, please don't tell anybody about this alien shit. And then he was like, yeah, okay, that sounds reasonable.
0: Well, isn't that an earmark in the latest legislature? Is that the it was a part of the last COVID relief fund, the $600 we got. That's why it took so long to pass is because there was all this like ridiculous stuff in it. And one of the things that did pass was that the U.S. government has like, from the passing of that, they have like 30 or 60 days to release everything they have about aliens and UFOs that they've gathered over the years. Isn't that
1: somebody somebody mentioned that to me and I didn't know what they were talking about. So that's a real thing that they put in the bill that they have to release whatever knowledge we have about aliens.
0: Yeah, I think it's that I think they they, ha- they have a I don't know what the deadline is, but they have a certain number of days or months to release all of the information that the U.S. government has about UFOs.
3: Or what? So, so that's, I, that's a hell of a poison pill, because usually the way Congress likes to work is they put poison pills in things to kill it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this will only possibly piss off the really, really crazy people, I guess. So yeah, you yeah. Can you imagine that's... Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, I January
0: 4th, 2021. The Pentagon has six months to disclose what it knows about UFOs. So it was part of the newly passed COVID-19 relief legislation. And then, like Ian was just saying, they do that, so that it gets tanked. The bill gets tanked, but it just yep. so happens that this one passed.
3: They're like, fuck it. You can suck my dick.
2: Well, that's, you know, the whole country is just kind of pissed off right now. So that's that's, that's the government solution. They're like, hey, tell them something about aliens. Yeah, They're a bunch of fucking the, idiots. They'll appreciate it. We're
1: really running out of distractions.
0: If it was a different number, like it, we went from 2000 to $600, but if it was 700 to $600, it is worth $100 to me. And for everybody to lose hundred dollars to hear about everything the U.S. government knows about UFOs, fourteen hundred dollars yeah, yeah. not so much. One hundred dollars, I'm on board. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll get. I, I'll do a hundred dollars to learn everything about the aliens. I would
2: yeah. like to keep that hundred dollars. Do
1: you yeah, do that, you know?
2: I, what am i going to do with that information <laughs> you know?
1: well the, the thing is bobby we don't cut bobby into the patreon money so he's really hurting right
4: <laughs> so, right, so besides i'm gonna have gonna to go be- in
2: parlor to find out the real truth about us oh, UFOs yeah, a. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it doesn't sound like we know how long the planet has left but i'll just ask do you think it's closer to 10 years or closer to a hundred million years and I, and by the planet i'm just talking about humanity so what do you what do you say, Jordan? Closer to ten years or closer to one hundred million years?
0: I don't think that the entirety of the human race is gonna die out in the next decade. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna lean it's a huge gap, but I'm gonna lean more towards the hundred million years. How
1: about you, Bobby?
2: I I guess technically it'd still be leaning closer to the Ten years, because I'm gonna, I'm, mean, you know, I'm gonna say maybe a million years. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> really good. That's <laughs> yeah, a great.
0: I'm not the yeah, numbers. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm taking the, you know, a Price Is Right situation over <laughs> here. Right.
0: You know? uh, <laughs> you yeah. Go,
1: yeah, if you go over, you lose the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Can't
0: yeah. you yeah. can I lose all the nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety
1: nine? I'm going with a hundred and one million years, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ian, what do you think?
3: I think we're probably looking at maybe. 10,000 years until we're mole people and we're just literally underground. And we might survive, but are we really humans at that point? Yeah, I'm going to
1: go closer with Ian. I don't give us a million. I don't think we're making it a million. year. The planet will survive in some form or another, but not humans. We'll fuck this shit up. All right, we're going <laughs> to move on to the second question. Jocelyn asks, why is it illegal to sell or buy human kidneys?
3: And should it be legal to sell your own kidney? Oh, dude, it should totally be legit. I mean, body parts... I think that you can probably get maybe two or three hundred thousand dollars if you carved out every single body part. And some people have a grandparent they don't like and euthanasia is kind of a waste. I mean I think you could probably take all this shit out. Black market, sell it, and people can have a happy life. Nobody wants that old-ass
2: busted kidney. (laughs) Well, and
1: I also love how you extrapolated or sell your own kidney. You're just buying and selling your grandparents' kidneys. That wasn't the question, Ian. You just made a whole
4: market.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought I I I misheard it. He just immediately jumped. Yeah, I would kill my family and sell them
1: (laughs) (laughs) Every question, Ian just tries to steer it into an excuse to kill his family.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I think it should be totally legal to sell your kidney. I think that being a kidney broker should be highly illegal. I am on board with that.
1: So that's yep. kind of like saying, I think drugs should be legal, but selling drugs should be illegal.
2: No, it's a, it's a little, I mean, a little bit different because, I mean, there would just be people that exploit other people. No, man, he totally wanted to sell it. As they're being <laughs> like <laughs> held at knife point.
0: I actually think it would be great to be able, to, to Bobby's point, it's okay for you to sell your own, but the only people that can buy it are hospitals. And it's just a way to like, fuck them back, fuck the healthcare <laughs> system back based on insurance and everything. And so like, I would charge $200,000. Or maybe you can sell directly to somebody who needs a kidney. I don't know.
1: I guess the issue is that it just becomes a thing where the wealthy are the only people that survive. Because they're the only ones that can afford to buy this shit. And then you just have a bunch of poor people with one kidney all over the world. Mm
2: -hmm. The way God intended. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Poor people are gross, dude. (laughs) Now I do. I I definitely get what you're saying. And it's kind of, it's one of those things where, because I saw a documentary about this a while ago. And obviously it's rich people that are able to afford these, but there was also, there were a few people on there that are like, look, this gave my family a life-changing amount of money and we are not poor anymore. My entire family's quality of life is infinitely better than it was before. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. So I, I see that side of it too. And I feel like if you could minimize the exploitation and it's a totally consensual thing and, uh.
1: So let's just bring it down to brass stacks here. Should it be legal to sell your own kidney?
3: Yes. All
1: right, Ian. You say, well. You want to sell your fucking grandparents' <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so And, and just
3: to just to soothe everyone that thinks it's morally crazy, I'd say let the little little kid <laughs> wink or nod if they're being coerced into doing this against their will. And that's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If-
2: yeah, don't buy any kidneys from Ian though. He's got he's got some high mileage old people shit he's trying to hawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> kidneys. Get your kidneys here.
1: We've got some Fagazzi kidneys he's trying to sell. <laughs> all right, Jordan what do you think? Yes or no on this? Should you be able to sell your own kidney?
0: Yeah, I think you should definitely be able to sell your own kidney.
1: Yeah. I think that's going to bring up some societal problems, but I mean, I also believe in independence and freedom and all that shit. So I guess if it's your thing, you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want with your own body.
0: Because I'm thinking of like a seven pound situation with Will Smith, only he's poor and has a full family to support. And so it's like this really tragic. He kills himself, but it's in order to be able to sell his body parts. So he like finds buyers for everything and then he goes underneath the knife and dies. But he creates generational wealth for his family. You know, maybe it's something like that. I don't know.
1: Hey, Jordan, two words, spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the movie came out in like 07, right?
1: All right. There's your answer, Jocelyn. If you just watched more Will Smith movies, you would have known the <laughs> All right. Our last question, this comes from Lisa. Lisa asks, why do you hate yourself?
3: Years of regret. <laughs> Years
1: of regret, Bobby? Is that why? you Okay. Yeah. How about you, Ian? How, why do you hate yourself?
3: I think people have like a false sense of goals and aspirations and things they didn't achieve. So it's all about measuring your fantasies versus reality. Like you expect to be. By okay, success. so
1: no, so nothing about selling your grandparents' organs. That's not, you're <laughs> totally cool with that.
2: <laughs> the the one decision he wouldn't regret. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's the one. That's
1: the one right decision he's made in his life. Yeah, <laughs> you're
3: letting down your 15-year-old version of yourself's view of the future. You always thought you're going to be a famous movie store, rock star, basketball player, and you're not. So that's why you hate yourself.
4: Oh, I
2: didn't think I, any of those things. Yeah, me at any dude. point, You were far yeah.
1: more optimistic than I was. <laughs> How about you, Jordan? What do you hate yourself?
0: Why do I hate myself? I think because yeah. probably deep down I'm not a good person.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say too about you. You're not a good <laughs> about person. Me? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's why I hate you. So I yeah, figured yeah, that yeah. would be why you would hate yourself as well.
0: <laughs> it's crazy that you and I probably have the same answer to this. Yeah
1: right. <laughs> that's like, that's why I wanted you to answer first because I don't want to be repetitive.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know what? What's kind of great about this question, though, is it's like nobody even made the assumption that we didn't hate ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we like, definitely do. Yeah, We're still we, know, th- we know this for sure.
1: <laughs> I'd have to do another a whole podcast about this question if I was going to answer it honestly, but. I will say, as far as what uh, Ian said, I was not that optimistic about my future when I was younger. So compared to that, I mean, just the fact that I'm still alive is amazing to me.
3: So your bar was uh, really low, so You're probably super happy with yourself, right? Well, <laughs> I
1: wouldn't go that far, but I do think I've exceeded my very minimal expectations.
3: <laughs> well, that's awesome, dude. I was I was on the other side of that when I got sucked into the MTV, thinking I was going to be famous rock star, movie star, all that bullshit, because most kids that grew up on TV, that just seemed very realistic somehow. Yeah, but now
1: you're a fucking podcasting star, bro. What are you complaining (laughs) about? You (laughs) know what I'm talking about? Fucking, when did you ever think you'd be on a podcast with Carlos Valencia, Jordan Huggins, and then you're stuck with Bobby as well?
4: (laughs) The the guy, (laughs) what's that (laughs) other guy? (laughs) Yeah. All right,
1: we're going to our second segment of the podcast is Indecorous News is a segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to this segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. His first story headline is Florida man sued for not paying up after betting on Trump. Can you believe (laughs) this shit? Oh, my God. I would have never guessed this could happen. Bobby, you can read more here on the story.
2: A friendly $100 wager over the 2020 presidential election has landed in a Florida small claims court. Before the election, Sean Hines, a Trump supporter from St. Petersburg, reached out to Jeffrey Costa, an acquaintance who was a Biden supporter from Atlanta. The deal was sealed on Facebook Messenger. If Trump won, Costa would pay $100. If Biden won, Hines would pay up. But once the votes were counted, Hines refused to acknowledge the Democrats' victory, even after recounts, the Supreme Court's rejection of court challenges, in the electoral college's confirmation, the Tampa Bay Times reported.
1: Yeah, so I've made no secret that uh Kayvon is a piece of shit that hasn't paid me my hundred dollars that we wagered. I've
0: like, been seeing that. That's crazy. Uh, that, I say, love that you keep posting that stuff. But have
1: you seen that, Jordan? Okay, yeah, this motherfucker. <laughs> but here's the thing: he, I never even got us this far with it because that cocksucker. He uh, and by the way, I. I want, to, I want to clarify that about cocksucker. They're my favorite people in the world, people that actually suck cock. <laughs> but I use the word because I really like the word. But obviously, it's not literal. Uh, I just say that because I... Well, I'll, I'll get into that later. Anyway, point is, this guy fucking blocked me and deleted me from all social media before we even got to the court cases getting rejected, electoral college confirmation, all this shit. So, I mean, this guy was a little bit, luck. I don't know if I should say here, but at least he got further with this motherfucker than I did.
3: Your dude, Kayvon, did the digital version of run and hide, essentially. And so yeah, for well, people who don't know, Carlos was in a similar situation where he was wagering on Biden and a Trump head, basically Welsh on the bet.
1: Right. It was, a, we bet $100. And because I kept, because I kept asking him to pay me, he considered that harassment because apparently fucking asking a fucking person that owes you money to pay you is harassment. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm blocking you. And there's a lot more to the story, but you can just hear past episodes where I get more into it. But Ian, you can read a little bit more about this story.
3: All right. So Costa, a 50-year-old working in IT, decided to sue for his money plus 250 in court cost and 300 in interest on the unpaid bet. He is representing himself in the action filed December 28th in Pinellas County Small Claims Court. You should have the integrity in your principles to follow through with what you've proposed, Costa said in an interview.
1: See, and I didn't know this was a thing. I mean, I don't know much about the law. But I was like, it's $100. I mean, I only bet $100 for a reason. Because I knew that these motherfuckers worship Trump. Odds are they don't have very high moral standards. From what we already know, Trump isn't big on paying his debts. So why would his followers be? That's why I only bet 100 Because I'm like, yeah, 100 it's whatever. Obviously, I'd love to get the 100 But I'm not going to lose my mind over $100. But that's also the reason why I wouldn't pursue legal remedies. But dude, I didn't realize, oh, you can sue for court costs too and interest and shit. So if I can make even more money off of it, I'm honestly considering this now.
2: Yeah, but I mean, what if what if he tries to sue you to get his $400 in unpaid consulting fees that you didn't agree to? Yeah, see, now we're going to get into that story again. But oh, that is yeah, another thing. I was
0: wondering, I was like, there's another aspect to this, the Carlos story I forgot about.
1: Yeah, after I was making fun of him actually I was trying to help him I was trying to help him I was telling people please donate to Kayvon's GoFundMe so he can have enough money to pay me the hundred dollars that he owes me because he has a GoFundMe to like pay for his special or something like that so I was trying to help him so then he got kind of angry at that and then it's like I do I'm very successful and I have a specials and CDs, and I use GoFundMe, and he went through this whole thing about using people to finance his projects. And then after he went through that diatribe, he was like, "And now you owe me five hundred dollars for all the marketing advice I just gave you." I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, but he did. I'll give him credit. At least he did account for the $100 that he already owed me. So he said I only owed him $400.
3: So he can do basic math, right? I guess. You should
1: use that in court. I mean, he acknowledged the loss. Well, that's why I mentioned it. Actually, yeah, that's a great
0: point.
1: He is acknowledging the fact that he did owe me $100 because he knocked it off of the ridiculous 500 that he was (laughs) trying to charge me for marketing. So here's a little bit more on this story. On November 7th, the day after the election was called in Biden's favor... Costa messaged Heinz about making good on the bet. Bro, this is a quote, bro, the elections are determined by the courts, not the networks, Hines responded, which is something I heard plenty, not just from this guy, but from because I had other bets, too, with other people. The two argued by message back and forth for weeks. It's not settled by law, Sean, Costa said. Trump is mathematically eliminated. The goalposts were always moving, Costa told a reporter. And again, I've run into this with every single one of them, single, even just people that I argue on social media about Trump. They're like, oh, just you wait. Just like every time they had a new lawsuit, they'll be like, oh, dude, look, Texas just put in a lawsuit. Game over. And they would lose that one and then they would lose another one. It'd be like game over after game over after game over. And we're nothing.
3: storm storm the Capitol and take hostages and kill motherfuckers. Ha ha. Right. Game over yeah exactly and there's
1: still <laughs> there's still some that'll be like oh just wait biden isn't in the white house just yet just you wait that like,
3: gonna take him out haha ha, game over yeah
0: did anybody actually pay you
1: i got paid by two people that were not trumpers they just thought trump was gonna win because they were being kind of uh pessimistic like yeah they just yeah. thought yeah he's gonna win you know he sucks but he's gonna win
0: i'm gonna be honest i wouldn't have bet on it but I, le- I legit thought he was gonna win
4: mm-hmm
1: well, and uh, yeah. like our buddy, Tom Simmons, who was on the podcast last season, he, he was one of those people. He was like, I for sure thought Trump was going to win. And there's nobody that's more anti Trump than Tom Simmons. But he was like, I just didn't think, but I'm like, no, I don't think and I wasn't just basing it out of optimism. I was basing it off of this guy never went over 50% on approval. That presidential approval rating never went over 50%. The midterms went to the Democrats. The guy it was just too polarizing. He just was not too much of a piece of shit to win the biggest popularity contest in the United States. And I would have bet even more money if it wasn't because there was just no way of guaranteeing that these motherfuckers would pay.
2: And, of course, this happens. And uh, Bobby, you can uh, do this next paragraph. Finally, in December, Costa told Hines he planned to sue for the money. Hines unfriended him on Facebook. Hines yeah. could not be reached for comment. He did not answer a Facebook message or phone numbers listed for him. A relative contacted by the Tampa Bay Times said he'd pass along a request for an interview, but Hines did not respond. And Jordan, you can do this last paragraph.
0: For Costa, the lawsuit goes beyond the money. If Hines had been willing to pay the bet, he'd be willing to drop the lawsuit. Hines didn't. Said Costa, I also felt that if you're going to live in a post-fact world, there are consequences to that. That's a good, that's a good byline, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I
1: like it. it. I Yeah, I have a lot of respect for this dude. It,
0: it'd be cool
2: if the Heinz guy was such a big Trump fan that in the spirit of Trump, he filed for bankruptcy so he didn't have to pay the debt. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the thing is that I, I, I don't even understand. We've talked about this on the podcast, before, so I don't want to repeat too much of the same shit that we've talked about. But if I was this cave on dude, especially because he's the one that I've gone after the most, because the other <clears throat> guys are just just random losers from Facebook that I'm just like, I don't really give a fuck about you. But this guy's a comic and fucking a piece of shit comic at that so i if i was him i would just pay the hundred dollars just to get it over with i would just be like all right here's your fucking hundred dollars leave me alone instead he refuses to pay it even after he said that a hundred dollars doesn't mean anything to him he still refuses to pay it and he's gotten fucking harassed from not just me but everybody that knows me that's heard about this a shitload of them have hit him up, which, and, and then you know, they all end up getting blocked eventually, because that's and, just what he does. And not
2: to mention Doug Stanhope. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then Stanhope. Doug fucking,
0: went after him, too? Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, Doug retweeted that stuff, wasn't it, about a month ago, I think it was when that happened. And so then all of Stanhope's people are fucking giving him shit. You know, you would think if you were smart, you would be like, hey, fuck it here, $100, leave me alone. Yeah, he's still and I've already said like I said it when all that shit was going down. I'm like, I'm not I don't even care about the hundred dollars. I already said I'll split the hundred. I'll give $50 to two people that have hit him up to pay me and I'll give them I'm giving the money away, but the motherfucker still won't pay. So the thing is, I also don't plan on stop giving him shit. So (laughs) <laughs> the, the longer this goes, the more fun it is for me. And now that I know that suing is might be an option too, if, I know, if we know any lawyers that are willing to take a $100 bet pro bono, hit me up and, I, and we'll, uh, we'll take this to court. <laughs> honestly, I would just, again, I don't care about the money. I just do it because it's fucking funny. And also, I like exposing this guy for the piece of shit that he is. Because yeah, he yeah. really, honestly, I, you would think by now somebody that was friends with him or that knew him would have come out in his defense or something but to a t everybody that hears about this is like oh yeah i've met that guy he's a piece of shit like nobody (laughs) likes this guy so yeah let's fucking give him hell
2: not to mention if you're going to be in comedy and you're known for being a cunt you should at least be funny yeah that's the (laughs) thing
1: if you're going to be a cunt at least be able to back it up with like ah well you know the guy the guy's funny He's yeah a piece of shit but you know he's funny but no he doesn't he doesn't even have that you can't even back it up with being a good comic then you just got nothing going for you but again all right there's another one where we could talk all year about it but we gotta move on to our second news story this one i'll read the headline gwyneth paltrow's vagina scented candle explodes in the flames causing an inferno in a woman's living room then ian you can do this first paragraph
3: Jody Thompson won the risque product sold by the Hollywood star and wellness guru in an online quiz. The candle is described on Gwyneth Goop's site as funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautiful, beautifully unexpected. But Jody was taken by surprise after lighting it when a 50 centimeter flame leapt from the candle and out of the glass jar, Jody said. The candle exploded and emitted huge flames with. Bits flying everywhere. Sweet Papa Mon. I've never seen anything like it, Sweet Papa Mon. The whole thing was ablaze, and it was too hot to touch, Sweet Papa Mon.
1: I didn't know Gwyneth Paltrow was a wellness guru now. Did you guys Dude, know she's this? a
3: pseudoscience nutjob. She has this thing mm. called the Goop Lab, where they make basically pseudoscience products oh. for people that are into like the hippie, crystals, moon water All that fucking nonsense where they can touch you and do these little massages that cure you of cancer and just fake bullshit like that and her website is
1: called goop yeah dude that's the worst name (laughs) ever this is what she does
3: yeah apparently on the side look if you got like 50 million dollars from making shitty movies just sitting around you need something else to inflate your ego claim to be some pseudoscience guru and sell shit to gullible women and you know it'll stroke your ego
2: well, to be fair, it's, it's a pretty sweet gig because to become a wellness guru, all you really have to do is put it on a business card. <laughs> That's it. It's the first and last step.
1: Yeah, you don't have to go to wellness guru school first.
2: No, it's not even a thing.
0: <laughs> they had a documentary about all of this on Netflix. It was yep. It's called the Goop Yeah, or maybe Ian mentioned it, but the Goop Lab with Gwyneth Paltrow. It's like it's terrible. I mean, Oh, really? Like, 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs>
1: Holy shit. I didn't know there was a whole movie about it, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah shit. It's- All right, Bobby, you can uh, read the next one.
2: Jody added, There was an inferno in the room, sweet Papa Mon. <laughs> we eventually got it under control and threw it out the front door, sweet Papa Mon. <laughs> uh, it could have burned the place down. It was scary at the time, but funny looking back, that Gwyneth's vagina candle exploded in my living room, sweet Papa Mon. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I necessarily buy this. I feel like there have been enough, probably billions of cheap candles produced over the years that if them exploding and, and just shooting out an inferno of flames, I don't know. I don't know well, if I buy this. Well,
1: the, the thing is, like, this one's vagina, though.
2: So it, like, squirted flame? Well,
1: the queefs, you know what I'm okay. saying? Okay, okay. The, there was probably a pocket of queef. Somewhere that I mean, again, this is me speculating from the scientific background that I have. I'm assuming that there was some pocket of queef somewhere in the candle. And when the flame burnt enough of the what do you call it, the wax paraffin and hit the queef pocket, that's when it exploded up in the air. Like a methane bubble. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you, Jordan. Yes, exactly. Like a methane bubble, but it's queef gas.
3: So the engineering <laughs> failure was trying to make this thing anatomically correct. So they were a little too correct.
1: Yeah. I I've never met Gwyneth Paltrow in person, but I'm assuming she must be a stickler for accuracy. If she's going to have a pussy-scented candles, I would think she would go all the way.
3: Yeah, she probably personally puts a little bit of her pussy queef into every candle. And they were just trying to recreate that magic. So yeah, I mean, you guys tell me. You guys are
1: the ones that saw the documentary. I still haven't. Uh, I've only read the articles, but I. Although I will say this, Bobby, to your credit, I was also a little spectacles about this when I read the article. So I took it to as far to the source as I could because originally originally was on the Washington. No, not the Washington Post. The New York Post. And got me. You know, they'll post <laughs> a very credible source of information. It, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So when I saw it was New York Post, I was like, oh my God, I hope this, there's another fucking source to this. And then the other source was a English newspaper, which I don't know if that makes it any more credible, but there was at least two sources to this. So, all right, Ian, you can do the next paragraph.
3: Gwyneth launched the 57 million euro, this smells like my vagina candle, last year.
1: God, can you believe people bought this at 57 million euros? <laughs> oh,
3: wait, no, 57. I don't know why I said so, Take two. Gwyneth launched the... Fifty seven uh, euros. Yeah, maybe it's a pound. It it's like... definitely a pound. Yeah. with launch launched the 57 pound. This smells like my vagina candle last year. The scent now has also been used for a 34 pound roll on deodorant.
1: It's expensive. And I don't know why you would want. Well, I mean, uh, you know what? I don't want to generalize. How do you guys feel? Are you guys fans of the vagina smell? Uh...
0: Depends i mean i would i'm not gonna lie i would love to smell the candle and the deodorant if it blew me away just talking about it has me being like i would love to buy this candle as a goof
1: as a goof though but just from the smell alone would you be like oh yeah i've been waiting for this for years (laughs) i mean (laughs) i can see
3: like if you're the kind of dude that doesn't get any and you blow up dolls on the rig then sure this could be your jam but for most civilized men, probably not.
1: I Actually, I apologize. I kind of cut you off there, Ian, because there is a description of the smell. So you can go ahead and do Oh, that.
3: sure. Yeah. So this is what it smells like. So uh, sit notes include geranium, citrusy, bergamot, and cedar absolutes juxtaposed with damask, rose, and amberette seed, according to her online store.
1: Okay. And now, see, so yeah, I'm just as lost as I was before this because I have no idea what any of these things are.
3: Fancy flower smelling shit, I guess.
2: She just took a bunch of like earth scents and fucking yeah. put, yeah, put a gimmicky name on it. Like, oh, this will this will sell my shitty candle.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. Well, think of how much press she's gotten. Like, I've heard oh, about this yeah. candle in the news so many times. That's actually a pretty good idea. Like, yeah, I want to start a candle company. Let's tell these fucking idiots it smells like pussy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. yeah.
1: And what's funny is that the guys that are going to buy this have probably have never smelled a pussy in their lives. So they'll fucking no. buy into it
0: conversely i could see those type of people or the exact opposite like quagmire owning like eight of these candles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. yeah exactly yeah yeah Shiree, i read? All right, so according yeah, yeah. to the website this candle started as a joke between perfumer douglas little and gp gwyneth paltrow G-
1: yeah you know what when i first put this on there i was like who the fuck is gp it took me a second <laughs> i guess that's what the cool people like if you know it's like if you when you know robert de niro you call him bobby I guess that's what they call
0: it. GP. Yeah, GP. Last time I spoke to her, she said she really loved the GP nickname.
3: I call her Jeeps. Jeep's. And, and, uh, <laughs> Jeep's. And there's there's no one cool named Bobby for the record, by the way.
1: Oh, I, you always have to shit on Bobby.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. The two were working on a fragrance and she blurted out, "Oh, this smells like a vagina. But it evolved into a funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautifully unexpected scent that turned out to be perfect as a candle.
3: So let me let me guess. Their follow up to this is going to be a candle that smells like ass, right? I mean, that's how that's how they have to go from here.
0: This one smells like my butthole. Yeah.
3: Yeah. This just makes it
1: sound like Gwyneth Paltrow has a very high image of her vagina. Opinion you know what of I mean? herself. Yeah. Like she thinks. Yeah. yeah, she thinks very highly of her vagina, because it's one of those things like you can't really smell yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like how yeah. often has she been down there? Yeah. Like, I, you know who i'd want to use the uh this candle with is a uh, fucking brad pitt like you tell me is this really smell like fucking gwyneth paltrow's vagina
0: did they date
1: oh yeah dude oh yeah late 90s early 2000s yep yeah if-
0: carlos
2: is carlos is big on old celebrity gossip <laughs> uh, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: so to defend gp real quick she Jeeps. she admits that this smells like a vagina not like, my vagina. So maybe she doesn't know what it smells like. And then maybe the name, this smells like my vagina tested better with audiences than this smells like a vagina, you know? Like, like, that's a funny thing. Like, if maybe we're just misunderstanding her, if we were to take it at face value, she's like a piece of shit and all this stuff. But, like, what if it is all a huge joke? That's really funny. Like, if, Oh, no, for if, sure. You met a comic on the road, and he had a line of like scents, and they were just like, you know, body odor, McDonald's yeah, yeah. fries. They, yeah, behind, really the, behind the ear candle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: After the show, I'll be selling candles that smell like my ball sack. Yes, <laughs> or they
0: smell like the inside of my 2001 Toyota Camry, or, you know, like <laughs> things that are just very comic-y, you know? yeah
1: if it's that then fucking hell yeah that's some Andy Kaufman level shit that I'm definitely gonna get behind even if it's not that clever though uh even if it's not she's not doing it for the funnies it is still a very smart marketing thing to call it that as opposed to oh this is my damask rose and ambrette seed scented candle $75 dollar can- can- yeah, candle yeah who's gonna buy that shit you want fucking pussy flavor you know what I'm saying
3: yeah <laughs> And it's a bonus that this thing explodes. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, know. yeah. You- one out of a hundred may catch shit on fire. You can use it as a weapon. The follow-up <laughs> to this should
0: yeah. be, like, this sounds like a lighter, you know, maybe summer candle. She does need either a, the butt one, the beehole one, or this candle smells like my time of the month. And it's like a very, like, fall, uh, yeah. woodsy, darker, richer smell, you know?
2: Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah.
3: And then for for Christmas, they can do like some lactating titties, kind of like, you know, the Christmas scent, I guess.
2: Yeah, but to be fair, the period candle should be the one that sets your house on fire.
1: (laughs) So we're going to move on to our indecorous deep dive of the week. We will build this show as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week, we'll be talking about the indecorous history of Robert Mercer. This deep dive was written by Ian. In retrospect, looking back at Trump's last four years, we now know that he was not some evil genius playing 4D chess, but rather an incompetent man-child who was just eating checker pieces. Isn't that the truth? So this begs the question, how did such an inept person fall into being the most powerful person in the world? If going around shouting racist rhetoric was the only prerequisite to political success, why isn't everyone's drunken redneck uncles already in Congress? This is where Robert Mercer comes in. Many don't know his name, like me. But in many ways, Mercer was the dark dystopian evil overlord behind the entire rise of the alt-right. This is the dark history of Robert Mercer and Ian. You can do this first paragraph there.
3: All right, before we jump in, do you guys know anything about Robert Mercer? Or have you ever heard his name before? No,
1: I really didn't know anything about no. him until, we, until this thing.
0: He's related to... Not a person, but some super PAC, right?
3: Yeah, dude. So pretty much every right-wing conspiracy theory about George Soros being sort of the evil genius behind everything that's bad in the liberal universe, like all that's pretty much bullshit. But there is a right-wing supervillain that actually does all the things they accuse George Soros of. So so this is basically like the
1: George Soros of the Right.
3: Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah,
2: but isn't Rupert Murdoch already one of those people and uh, Sheldon Adelson that died recently? Aren't there like a number and, of them? Yeah. them? And,
3: and the Koch brothers. Yeah, <laughs> the Koch you know, brothers. Glover Norquist, I mean. Who's the second person you mentioned, Bob?
1: Young Sheldon? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't, don't besmirch the name of Young Sheldon. On I will not stand for that on this podcast.
3: All right, so here's where the story begins. So in the 1990s, Mercer joined Renaissance Technologies, a Wall Street hedge fund focusing algorithmic trading. God by, damn it, Ian. I know, you, you <laughs> oh guys knew God. I was oh, going to bring back the algorithm. Okay,
2: <laughs> yes. now we know yes. where we're
1: doing this.
3: So by 2009, he was crushing it so well that he was promoted to co-CEO. Now, a bipartisan Senate panel estimated in 2014 that the hedge fund underpaid their taxes by some $6.8 billion dollars over more than a decade by masking short-term gains as long-term returns. So after cheating the government and becoming a billionaire, Mercer now had a very relatable everyman type of problem. He had a shitload of money, lots of far-right leaning views, and figured it would be fun to buy politicians in elections so he could shape the world into his ideal Ayn Rand style perspective. All right, so as you probably can
1: guess, I have no idea what the first part of this means, but he just made a lot of money
3: fraudulently. Yeah, dude, so basically the way that capital gains work, the long-term capital gains rate is different than the short-term capital gains rate, and they basically cooked the book so they could skip $6.8 billion in taxes and fucking got away with it.
0: The thing is, though, that, like, yeah, I'm not going to argue in favor of this guy, but, like, that's how these people are able to do everything. He's a smart guy, though, right? Yeah, He's yeah like obviously, probably super well educated. Just looking at his like Wikipedia and stuff. Early adopter of computers and and interested in IBM and all this stuff. It's always like I'm just not smart enough to be evil enough like this guy. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah. I think I think that's legit. I think that's a lot of these people that are able to achieve these amazing things. They do have a talent and they are intelligent people. It's just that they. Use that talent and intelligence to do evil shit, basically. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah he picked himself up by his bootstraps and defrauded the government. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. L-
1: like a patriot,
0: probably with a very small loan of five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> from his parents. <laughs> All
1: right, buddy, you can do the next one.
2: In 2016, Mercer originally backed Ted Cruz in the primaries because Ted tickled his right-wing funny bone the best with a perfect blend of boyhood disbelief in science mixed with arrogant and condescending views on women, gays, and the poor. But eventually, Mercer fell in love with Trump. His special brand of racism and hubris were too sweet of a package, so Mercer joined hashtag Trump. Mercer was the largest single political donor of any person in the 2016 election and gave $22 million to the Republican Party.
1: Now, I don't know enough about this guy to actually know exactly what convinced him to follow Trump. But if I had to guess, it wasn't much that he fell in love with him as he was just the last guy standing.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: you know, that's basically the way it works with a lot of people. It's just like, oh, you're the guy that's going to be in power. Okay, no, now you're my favorite. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Yeah,
3: that's pretty much exactly it. Because Ted Cruz was the guy's original favorite because Ted Cruz is like, science isn't real and women should know their place. And he's like, I love this guy. And then Trump was the last guy standing. He's like, I guess this guy's, what's his views on minorities? Okay, good enough.
1: Well, I mean, shit like this has been said about Lindsey Graham, how he used to be a big tight uh, clo-
3: closeted... Uh, yeah. Well, he is a
1: closeted <laughs> gay. I mean, that goes without saying. But he used to be a strong supporter of John McCain. And then when Trump became president, all of a sudden he's turning on John McCain. And people are like, how does this motherfucker have like, so polar views? And one year he believes one thing, the next year he believes another. It's like... It is consistent if you look at it from the perspective of he's just going with whoever's in power at the time. And when McCain was the one that was running for president, he was buddy-buddy with McCain. And then when Trump became the big deal, then he was buddy-buddy with Trump. And now he's going to be buddy-buddy with whoever else is going to be most convenient for him to be buddy-buddy
2: with. And I guess Trump, even if you're a Republican, if you don't publicly praise him, then he's not going to try and help you out with anything. So well, I guess that's going sense. And that's
1: all that fucking Lindsey Graham cares about is whatever is going to be the most convenient for him with getting reelected and staying in power. So yeah. And if you look at it from that perspective, it makes sense that he would fucking change his mind all the time. So in addition to being the single largest individual political donor, Mercer also has a PAC called the Mercer Family Foundation that gave $25 million to ultra-conservative organizations leading up to the 2016 election. But Mercer's biggest hits were not even related to his political campaign spending. In the mid 2000s he invested $10 million in an idea for a media company that aimed to combine right-wing propaganda, juvenile rants, and racist innuendos. The company, led by Steve Bannon and Andrew Brakebart, would become Breitbart News. One of their most popular early blogs was called, quote, Black Crime, where the site published random blotter stories involving black people. They found this was a big hit with their racist readers.
3: Yeah, isn't it funny to think all the stuff from the conservative right that could potentially make a site great, the thing that really took it off was basically scraping these local police blotters when it was black people's names and putting (laughs) it out there. And that's what really got them to be as big as they were.
0: Dang! That's, I didn't know well, that. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, and see, I was about to say that too. Look, I didn't know all this either, but I guess that's kind of how a lot of these fucking really powerful people work. Is that I know Breitbart. You know, I've heard of Breitbart. I've heard of Steve Bannon, but a lot of these people that are really in power, they don't put their names on everything.
3: No, no, no. They're yeah. on the
1: background. I mean, it's kind of like these are the real smart people. Like Trump's an idiot. Trump, he's an egomaniac. That's why he, everything that he owns is called Trump something. He's got to put his name (laughs) name on on everything, right? Because he's that insecure, and he's got to... The real smart people, they're like, I'm not putting my name on shit. I'll finance it, and I'm going to benefit from everything that comes from it. You know, when the shit hits the fan, I'm not going to be liable because none of us is is in mind. Exactly.
2: Yeah, just send me the checks. (laughs) Keep my name off it.
4: (laughs) Exactly.
3: So, yeah, but apparently it was the black-on-black crime that really got Breitbart (laughs) off the ground because if you put... Black on white crime, it doesn't play very well, but if you can find that really juicy black on black crime, then racists will just masturbate to that shit, throw some American flags, some bug out bunkers and Patriot survival food on your site for sale. That's a business model, baby.
2: So was it black on black, though? I mean, it made it sound like they were just looking for black people that had committed crimes, probably. I mean, if you think about it, like if they were talking only about crimes that black people were committing against white, like that would play better with these people.
3: Yeah, I think to be fair, in this case, it was probably black on anything. But I was just thinking outside the box, if you really want to give them something they can masturbate to, then, you know, do the black on black.
4: yeah
0: the irony is that i i mean i don't imagine i'm probably preaching to the choir and i'm guessing your audience uh, all align i don't know why anybody would listen to something they wholeheartedly disagree with so i'm guessing your audience (laughs) because i'm hispanic just
1: say it jordan because i'm a hispanic you don't think we yeah Yeah, very nice jordan you know we have some racist listeners just because i'm hispanic doesn't mean we don't have some racist
4: (laughs) listeners
0: Well, the Latinx people, they, they voted. I mean, the Latinx people.
1: Uh, I should just kick you out for saying that. Right?
2: <laughs> do you, Carlos, do you know anybody that has called any actual Hispanic person that has called themselves that? No, but
1: I know. I think it's, that's white people shit trying to. Right, look,
2: I, I hate to tell you
0: this, but I'm white, baby. Oh, my But God. Latinos, <laughs> I feel like Latinos and like white conservatives, they vote very similar. And we oh, saw, yeah, 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 and it, I think it has more to do with the religiosity of their conservatism than anything I, else.
1: I, I was talking to um, right. I Segura, which a lot of people, I mean, even though his last name is Segura, a lot of people don't realize that he's Hispanic, and he agreed as like Hispanic people are some of the most racist people in the fucking world, dude. Like well, anybody,
0: like any, I think people are just inherently racist. Yeah, like, you're right. Not, I agree like the Sudanese are so racist against themselves that South Sudan is the most recently formed country you know like yeah. so that it exists in as as small of an ecosystem as that like it happens Absolutely. everywhere it's <laughs> like even dark skinned uh, South Americans are like really looked down upon in South America by lighter skinned South and Central Americans
1: I've said it before where it's like if Latinos or Latinx as you like to say if Latinx people <laughs> ever became the majority Already in the United States, they would be the first ones to close the borders for anybody else to come in. Like, Not like, these Chinese yeah. people come in here and try to Chinese up our uh, Latin fucking <laughs> USA. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. You're gonna make some racist point, Jordan.
0: Oh, oh God, what's well, oh the irony with using that? And and it sucks that it's being used. But like white on white crime is there's exponentially more white on white crime than there ever is black on black crime absolutely yeah that was but, the I mean, whole point that i was trying to make well
1: you know we still have a couple of paragraphs but it, it is one of those things where fear sells and if you yeah. can the more you can scare white people that black people are gonna fucking rape your daughter the more <laughs> views they're gonna get but you jordan you can do this next paragraph
0: by 2016 breitbart grew from just a run-of-the-mill racist conspiracy side to a legit political weapon the month before the election, it was averaging 20 million unique visitors per month. Oh, this is the 2016. 2016 Yeah, 2016 the
1: that was the first when Trump got elected, yeah.
0: The month before the election, it was averaging 20 million unique visitors per month. The site played a key role in undermining Hillary Clinton. By tracking which negative stories about her got the most clicks and likes, the editors helped identify which storylines and phrases were the most potent weapons against her. This information was shared with Republican operatives to magnify conspiracy theories and talking points against her leading up to the election. I mean, that's shitty, but like, this guy, Robert Mercer, is behind all of this? That's that's smart. That is... that's really oh, yeah. smart. And he's like a computer guy. And from the tech background, like early, early tracking negative stories. That's a great ad campaign.
3: Yeah, So we're, we're sort of in the Phantom Menace phase. And he's definitely Emperor Palpatine and Trump is Vader if Vader had Down syndrome. But, but you know, this is sort of building up to the, the crescendo here. So um, if Breitbart was World War I and Mercer was Germany, then Cambridge Analytica was World War II. Mercer invested $5 million with Cambridge Analytica to help swing the 2016 election to Trump. Using the analytics gathered from Breitbart, the firm was able to target 200 million U.S. citizens and push the same fake stories about Hillary Clinton that Breitbart was doing. This was just on a much larger, more sophisticated scale and approach. And it worked as Trump was elected in a surprise upset in 2016. Being the Trump kingmaker did come with some perks from Mercer. He was able to successfully lobby Trump to install Steve Bannon. Jeff Sessions and Kellyanne Conway into his inner circle. All great people with outside the box views on the Jews, according to one report.
1: Yeah, you always want outside the box views on Jews. That's why I have you on the podcast, Ian, is because you always have the outside the view, <laughs> outside the box views on the
2: Jews. The alternative facts, if you the will. Alternative facts.
3: <laughs> so, so this guy brought into Trump's inner circle some people that had some pretty alternative facts on Jewish people and some other. Interesting ways of thinking about the world. And
1: again, this dude's the kingmaker. Like, we didn't know who this motherfucker was till this. And, you know, now after after this podcast airs, fucking five billion people are going to know from our listenership. But before this, nobody knew about this motherfucker. And yet he's controlling everything.
2: Yeah. Mercer has argued that the Civil Rights Act in 1964 was a major mistake and believes African-Americans were better off economically before the civil rights movement. Mercer has also gone on record as saying that there are no white racists in America today.
1: No white racists? Oh my god,
2: okay. Wow. Only black racists. Jesus. Mm -hmm. So since America was moving in the right direction for him, he turned his attention to the UK and funded the Brexit movement. He put millions into a similar Cambridge Analytica campaign to persuade the UK electorate to leave the EU because he felt like the white Englishmen were getting a little too friendly around some of the other European Union countries... With growing minority populations.
1: so is there any evil that this guy doesn't have his tentacles in? Good Lord. He's like, (laughs) even in England, he's involved in Brexit too? Yeah,
3: dude. He was one of the architects and main funding people in Brexit. Well, was his
0: father, I was looking it up. Was his father English? Oh no, his father was Canadian.
3: No, that explains
1: it all. So there's like...
0: (laughs) say no
1: more <laughs> yeah he I'm,
0: cracked the case <laughs> i'm actually reading uh, i like feel that's how interesting our podcast
1: is that fucking jordan is just reading something else he's researching in
0: real time I'm researching in real time. I know you had me on. I claim to be a comedian, and all I'm doing is just... I think I'm just bringing it down even more, but...
1: You're bringing in, like, facts and
2: intelligence shit? What the fuck? Yeah, mostly what you've been doing has been
0: complimenting Mercer's
2: intelligence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, just I'm trying to play devil's advocate, and the devil is uh, Mercer in this case, you know? Hey, guys, let's get him on the phone, see what he has to say. <laughs> answer, you know? Let him defend himself. that that is
1: amazing i didn't know that he was involved with all this cambridge analytics and this to a greater extent if you're going to extrapolate it to a greater extent like because i've always thought like okay the thing that's keeping society from progressing more is lack of access to information you know it's like people a lot of people are not don't have access to books or just school or education or information and then the internet came along and it's like oh no this is that's not the problem now you know because people are idiots right now you have as much access to all the information as we've ever had in the history of society but dumbasses are still gonna buy into dumbass shit and they're so easily manipulated yeah it's it's a problem like i hate to be on the side of like hey sometimes you have to moderate what you put out there but You almost have to because people are such idiots that they'll buy into all this fucking fake news shit.
2: No, it's. I mean, I guess it's a a good way to keep people under control because if there's more truth out there than ever before and you can kind of find the the backstory on things, then hey, I mean, just convince people that half of that shit out there isn't true.
3: There's two kinds of people that don't like the Civil Rights Act in the 1960s and wish it would go back to the good old days. Obviously, uh, water fountain companies because, you know, double their sales. you know, they were crushing it before and they were like, fuck this double water fountain shit. We just need one. That's it. So I get those people. I'll give them a pass because, yeah, I get it. And then the group two is just fucking idiots. It, it, well,
1: yeah. And I, again, it's like I hate because I'm a, a completely, against. I, I don't like censorship. But goddamn, man, it's like apparently the only way to stop idiots from being idiots is just not allowing people to like you would in a perfect world, you would allow people like Trump and all these other idiots to just run their mouths forever and people would be smart enough to realize oh yeah they're full of shit you know there's no point in listening to this horse shit that they're saying but no people are dumb they actually fucking believe it so it's like the only other way of doing it is just fucking all right we just can't let these fucking idiots like trump we can't give them a megaphone because there's mm-hmm. enough dumb people that are actually going to believe
2: them well i think they should expand some of the laws that Kind of work for things like slander and libel and stuff for politicians where you just can't go out there and fucking lie. You know what I mean? You should be able to be sued by whoever. Just even if, yeah, even if you haven't personally suffered any damages as a result, as a society, we should be able to hold these people to account.
1: For sure. And but the thing is, like, well, it's funny that Fox News is now the more moderate of the fucking crazy news networks. <laughs> yeah. There's OANN and and Breitbart, too. So Fox is tame now in comparison. But even Fox now, there was a lawsuit just recently where they had to admit that, yeah, nobody would ever take Tucker Carlson seriously. Uh, obviously, it's just entertainment. Like, they have to yeah. admit that his shit is not actual journalism, that it's just entertainment. Uh, yeah, he's a
3: TV personality. Yeah, right. their defense was no reasonable person should take what he's saying as news and, right. and real.
1: So that's what they say, but obviously there's enough idiots that buy into his shit. All right. Well, like most affluent right-wingers, Mercer's political opinions show contempt for the social safety net that he doesn't need and lack of understanding for racial injustices that he personally doesn't have to worry about. Mercer is quoted as saying, human beings have no inherent value other than how much money they make. A cat has value because it provides pleasure to humans, but if someone is on welfare, they actually have negative value, unquote. What separates Mercer from your run-of-the-mill rich asshole is that while some will only masturbate to poor people being evicted, Mercer successfully financed and helped develop far-right-wing policies in both the U.S. and the U.K. to fuck the poor.
3: It's like Mr. Burns, if Mr. Burns basically was able to get involved in politics and all of his evil was spread throughout the world.
1: Yeah, well, but here's the thing, though. He's saying that human beings have no inherent value, but in his defense, go ahead, Jordan.
3: <laughs> That's quite a tee-up for Jordan there, Carlos. Oh. Look, let's be honest.
2: Poor people I mean, the are man gross. is brilliant,
3: Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> Poor, people Poor people are, are gross. gross. <laughs> They're
0: dirty. <laughs> And I don't like
3: them. Game, set, and match. But I think on the racial injustice thing, a lot of the times, the, the context they have is completely fucked because like, as a white guy, I could play basketball and I wouldn't get past the ball very often. So I'd say, yeah... I was in a game and no one would pass me the ball because I'm white, man. That really sucked. But Dude, we I'm did that gonna... one time. One time and you still fucking bring it up. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm going to be like, but you know, I didn't go burn downtowns because of that shit. Showing my like white privilege, my ignorance or whatever. But a lot of people are like that. They think that because the one little injustice to them was so minute, they can't conceive of the shoe being on the other foot. So oh yeah, that's... for sure.
1: I mean, yeah. All right, Bobby, you can do this next paragraph.
2: Completing Robert Mercer's Forrest Gump-like run-in with every shitty right-wing thing that's came out over the last ten years, Mercer was angry that people were being censored for dropping the N-bomb on <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, he changed the copy here. He come on, Bobby. What, what did I do? Oh, you changed the copy there. <laughs> oh, uh, come on, Bobby. <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> what if I just said it like, no matter what you put down, my brain just had to fucking <laughs> I All mean, right.
1: if if you say it, it's gonna get looped like fifty times. <laughs> I'll tell be you like that an much. Intro song, oh, yeah, right in post, <laughs> that's gonna be the whole thing. We're gonna record a song about
3: it. It's one, gonna be our one, new intro song. One of these days,
1: I'll get you,
0: <laughs> Carlos. Uh, Carlos is a person of color, and he gives you permission to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Latin X. I don't know if you heard,
1: but I'm Latin X. X is for I, Malcolm X.
0: It's <laughs> Latin triple X because yeah. he's
1: got a dirty mouth.
4: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: Uh, after thousands complained that going hard R yielded in some cases about suspensions or shadow bans, Mercer decided that his beloved right wing brethren needed a safe space that they could wallow in conspiracies and racism together like pigs happily rolling in shit. So he financed and co-founded the
0: right wing social media site parlor.
1: Now parlor. Tell us more about parlor Jordan.
0: Oh, it's where, it's where like-minded open, uh, free discourse is, is yeah where, where free
1: freedom loving individuals yeah. meet
0: don't ask me ask micah joseph loving who is on parlor <laughs> he reports in every
4: day on facebook <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: our buddy micah from a uh, 10 bell pod he's a uh, actually you're right I, that's where i get most of my information from is because yeah. micah posts some shit on there
2: is it just a bunch of guys sitting around talking about how smart these people are <laughs>
1: what's funny about parlor man i actually try to create one like a year ago but they then asked me for my phone number i'm like i'm not giving these fuckers my phone number so i never got one but it really started blowing up this year with the election uh, people getting banned from twitter and especially after fucking trump got banned from twitter but it became a thing from my inside sources from what they tell me (laughs) uh, it became a thing where it was like it almost became hard to tell who's being a parody and who's being real who's low, right Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, again, it, it, it's so out there, it's hard to discern in who's parodying conservatism or who is actually for real believing this horseshit.
0: The right-wing site was promoted as a place for freedom, like I said, but it ultimately was just a dog whistle to attract right-wing racists. Not true. The site was coded by amateurs, and as a result, a novice hacker was able to extract 91 terabytes of user data with the goal of outing everyone involved in crimes related to the attack on the Capitol on January 6th. I mean, that is just beautiful. That is <laughs> yeah. such a, that's like a justice porn subreddit level story. I love that. Oh, that's great. Yeah.
2: And if you think about it, I mean, based on his ideology, he probably wanted to pay these coders as little as possible, you know? Exactly.
3: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: He got what he paid for, right?
3: So relating to the download of the data. So one of the better pranks played on parlor recently was a fake post by FBI agents asking users to list the name and address and crimes committed during the insurrection on January 6th. So they could get a pardon from Trump. So basically, they just like trick people. Hey, if you want to get a pardon from Trump, tell us the crime you committed. And of course, to date, hunters signed up for this. So currently, Parler has... This is kind of, depending on when this episode drops, it's kind of in flux right now. But currently, Parler has been dropped by both Google Play and the Apple Store. And Amazon AWS dropped it completely. And for a while, it was basically offline looking for a home. But then some right-wing hosting sites were like, yeah, we'll take you. So... I think it might be up by the time this episode airs. Well, this like... this
1: episode might never air after Jordan's ableist comments earlier on the podcast. <laughs> but let's yeah. just pretend it will air at some point.
3: So it's looking like it might not survive. And <clears throat> let's see. And resist may have to. Oh, and racist may have to resort to the <laughs> old days of wearing hooded robes and hanging out in local lion's huts on off days of the week. You hear that? They're
2: not racist. They're resistors. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's fucking right. Ian
1: trying to subliminally put in his philosophies into the podcast.
3: <laughs> so I saw, I saw a funny meme that got a lot of traction on the internet recently about how at least people's grandparents had the common sense to wear a fucking hooded robe whenever you were doing horrible shit. The people that were doing the insurrection were out there fucking maskless, on fucking camera, just tearing up shit and saying racist stuff. So. uh
1: I will say I am thoroughly enjoying all of this, all that's <laughs> happening right now. I am so much in, like because for the last four years, after uh, Trump was elected, especially after the midterms, I was like, "This guy's not getting reelected." That's why I would make the bets, but I still had to wait the two fucking years. Yeah, yeah, and and in those two years, I or I mean four years total, uh, I had to like, oh, I have to fucking take all this shit. But I, I know they're gonna get their comeuppance. I know, so I'm relishing every single. Yeah, you're you're aspect over there
3: masturbating in all these metaphorical uh, Republican. I can't. Fears.
1: I can't come enough. I can't come <laughs> enough. I don't have enough jizz to come on all these tears is what i'm trying to yeah. say but I, yeah all this shit that's happening the whole fucking the parlor all of them getting outed getting arrested by the fbi fucking relishing all of
2: dude, i just really hate that that one guy ruined the horn hat i mean because that was my oh, thing yeah. that i would wear to liven up parties you know that's
1: right that was your whole thing you were like that's, horn yeah. bobby
2: exactly.
1: buffalo bobby is what we used to call <laughs> it
3: <laughs>
0: I really want like a Trump-sized Biden flag for my car uh, <laughs> to put on to have and drive around with for the next four years. I want it yeah. so bad, and it's such a neat like. You'd think that the Trump flag makers would also be making them for other people because it's such a missed opportunity, and they gained to to make so much. Maybe they're oh, yeah. going to be my next business venture.
2: Oh, how about a uh, Biden pissing on Trump Calvin, Calvin? thing, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Do, You know, for your Prius, <laughs> and because and, you also,
1: you know, Biden has incontinence by this point, right? So he's, he's gotcha. he can't hold it in. <laughs>
4: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Alright guys, we are going to move on to our last segment of the podcast. This is Indecorous Laws. Every week, or whenever we feel like, we highlight some of the oddest laws in different states of the United States of America. Most of these were real laws, at least at some point. Some of them have since been repealed, and others are sadly still on the books. One of them may be unverified. This week, we are doing Indecorous Laws, New Jersey, which is my birth state, and I believe Bobby's as well.
2: Yeah, that is That's true. Right. We Jersey are do- twins over there.
1: Jersey, yeah. And uh, oddly enough, I was not able to find a whole lot of verified ones for Jersey. I guess cause the mob's been there for so long that they really have, <laughs> they really clamped down on that shit. So they got real problems. Too. But this first one is a pretty common one, Bobby. You can do it.
2: Yeah, this one is very true. In New Jersey, it is illegal to pump your own gas. They're uh they're one of two states. No, I think. they're they're but, the
1: only state, dude. They no, used, no, to no. Be, no, it or- used to be no it used to be no, Oregon Oregon, Oregon canceled it, dude.
2: Oh, did they? Oh, Oregon, shit. Okay. yeah.
1: It used to be Jersey and Oregon, but then Oregon was like, nah, you can pump your own gas and you can shoot up heroin and you can just fucking do everything now in Oregon. <laughs> yeah,
2: they put that all passed on the same all referendum. The same. Yeah,
1: fucking, you can drink up that gasoline, put it in your mouth if you want.
2: It's kind of bizarre too, because you would think that Oregon would be all about creating the jobs, but well, yeah.
1: well, and that's the excuse that I heard once was that well, it's about jobs. If people start pumping their own gas, and what are these gas pumpers gonna do? I was like, they're we fucking well, something out, anything. I was like that. Like if that's gonna be your excuse, then you might as well be like, oh, we need to ban automatic doors, because then people that open doors are not gonna have a job. You know? Yeah, I've been saying? saying
2: that for years.
1: It's fucking ridiculous. Jordan, you know about this. You lived in New York plenty of times. I'm sure you drove through Jersey and had to stop before getting into the city, right?
0: I mean, I did know that they pump your gas and stuff. I mean, it's a weird thing. I don't like Jersey, though. Uh, It's a bad state. (laughs) I like South Jersey, which is basically Philadelphia light, but... Yeah, I did. Not, yeah. I mean, I knew about it. I, it's like if you think that pulling up to an intersection where there's a homeless person asking for money is weird. Imagine pulling up to a gas station. You start to get out and then it's still just a minimum wage employee who is pissed to be doing any work. You know, they're yeah. having a hard day and they're like, I need to get it back in your car. I've got this.
1: Right. Yeah, it's never like, oh, I'm so grateful that I have this job.
0: Please let me serve you.
1: Yeah, they never approach you like being like, oh, it's such a blessing that I'm a New Jersey resident, because otherwise I would not be able to fulfill my dream of pumping other people's gas. (laughs) All right, Jordan, you can do this next one.
0: In New Jersey, annoying others in your house while intoxicated is illegal. This is, I I think we're probably all on board with this. Like, there's got to be nothing worse than having yeah. somebody in your house. You're all drunk, and it's like a new friend, and he's like, they're just annoying as shit.
3: Yeah, right? To me, this sounds like an obnoxious host. So it's saying, annoying others in your house. So it's like the law is against the host. So if someone's drunk, forcing everyone to see ob- obnoxious baby pictures, for example. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: That yeah, hey, hey, we're at this proud. party now. Watch this seven minute video while I hold my phone in front of your face.
0: Hey, do you guys want to play Settlers of Catan? <laughs> yeah, hey, I
1: just graduated comedy class. You guys want to watch my video? Oh
4: my god!
0: Police, we got to move in. This yeah. actually reminds me of one of my favorite Carlos stories, early Carlos story. Ooh, uh, oh boy, oh boy! All right, Carlos that's the end of the I...
3: podcast. It was good having you on the podcast, Jordan. <laughs> we we, we want to hear. We want to hear.
0: Carlos and I were out drinking, and I had just started a comedy. And Carlos was like, "What? You you were like thirty years in at that point, I think." I, at uh, the at the very least, this is ten years ago.
1: No. I had just quit the Catskills <laughs> and came back to Charlotte.
0: Yeah. No, this is I think before you moved.
1: I'm assuming this story involves me being drunk. So my memory might not. Yeah. It's, okay. really,
0: it's like a super simple story. We were just hammered. And I think we came back to my place. And then you disappeared for like an hour. I fell asleep <laughs> in the living room. And then you came out. And I think you like passed out for a bit. And I was like, I'm going to go upstairs and go to sleep. And then I, it all clicked for me. I was like, oh, you were throwing up hardcore. Yeah. You were puking your brains out I, in the bathroom.
1: Yes. Yeah, I think I remember that. Well, either I remember that or the dozen other times I've done that, where I just spent an hour throwing up in whatever bathroom I was in.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just at to the sober time. Up and get out of there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So going back to this law, I was very annoyed by you that night. So I could have called the cops. Thank you for for bringing that up, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. And I'll close it out with this last law: delaying a homing pigeon is illegal. All right, so, like, if you see a homing pigeon, don't strike up a conversation with it, because it they got might got places not, to go. Yeah, they got places to be. They're on call. They're on the job.
2: Yeah. What am I going to do with all these pastries, though, you know?
0: Who's still using these? I, I have pigeons. no idea.
1: <laughs> I usually don't tell anybody which one are the not verified laws. This is one of them this is i just found this on the internet with no verification
2: i just read this in homing pigeon monthly <laughs> yeah yeah that's right <laughs>
1: this is somebody that's still it's the one person that's still using homing pigeons and he's tired of his bills not getting paid on time because the <laughs> fucking people are distracting his homing pigeons
3: i'm thinking the amish here because i mean the amish are probably the most likely candidates either the secret spy organizations or the amish
1: yeah that, that might be true amish lobby is very powerful
0: Yeah, it's as powerful as the Breitbart right-wing lobby, I think.
1: Yeah, I think we weren't able to get to that on the Mercer thing, but Mercer started the Amish. He also financed the
4: Amish.
1: All right, guys, we reached the end of the podcast. (sighs) This was fun. That's the excitement I was looking for. Yeah, (laughs) this
0: is a lot of fun. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much
1: for doing the podcast, dude.
0: Thanks for having me, guys.
1: You have any social media you want to promote, bro?
0: Well, you can find me at AKA Young Beefy on all social media. And then I would just say I do have a podcast called Bop or Flop Pod, B O P or F L O P Pod. And okay. we go back and rate the top 10 Billboard songs from specific dates and Sweet. see whether they're Bobs or Flops. So check that out at Bop or Flop Pod.
1: Sweet, man. Thanks for doing the podcast, bro.
0: Yeah, cool. thanks, awesome, guys. You, have a great day. Yeah, night thank and, you, Jordan. Uh, really appreciate it.
1: Bobby, you got any last words? <sighs> Bam. Yep. Nailed it once again, bro.
2: I feel like that sound kind of sums up the pandemic, too. You know?
1: Absolutely. That sums up. like That's what you should have said when I asked why well, you hate yourself.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: All right? that, that sigh could have been the answer for all of us, I think.
2: Yeah. It was like a million reasons and zero reasons all at once. Well, see? Now you're getting poetic. I like that. <laughs>
3: What about you, Ian? You got
1: any last words?
3: So I think that Robert Mercer's really inspired me. So I think that today starts day one as I'm going to rise to become the Forrest Gump-style supervillain behind the Green Party. So every nefarious thing that's going to come out of the Green Party for the next five to ten years, all me, baby, right here. I'm announcing it day one starts today.
1: Fuck yeah. Well, now I'm glad you actually mentioned that because... When we were doing the stories earlier, I was thinking, you know what? Maybe I should have my own line of uh, scented candles that smell like my balls. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, that's the podcast, everybody. Thank you for listening. Check us out online. We appreciate all of you who support us on Patreon. We just released a special episode exclusively just for Patreon supporters. So you can listen to that on our Patreon. And if you want to support us again, it's patreon.com slash comedy. Thank you for listening,
2: everybody. Walk your cat. Walk your cat. Walk your cat. I-N-D-E-C-O-R-U-S.
1: Thank you.
4: (laughs) 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 E.T. can suck my dick.